Hey guys, uh, welcome to Wildest Cricket Stories. I'm Craig. And I'm Carolina. For those of you who don't know, this is a podcast where we talk about mainly the Kruger National Park, but we also talk about other parks in South Africa and even in Africa and actually across the world. Um, we also touch on conservation and photography. And a lot of stories from the bush, uh, just simply what it's like living in the bush in South Africa, yeah. going on safari, all of those kind of things. It's just uh, it's it, it, fun and interesting facts about uh, the Kruger and the safari industry as a whole. So I hope you will enjoy it. So guys, uh, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I started a thing that I thought was quite fun, where we could have fun facts about South Africa every episode. Yes. Um, which I thought might might kick off, and I've actually learned a couple things. Um, about South Africa going through all these facts. It's such an interesting country, you know, with so much culture and history and yeah, it's a very cool country. There's a lot of fun facts about South Africa. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead with three more today. Yay. So I'm not going to have fun. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to have three every time we do the podcast because I feel like that's not that we'll ever run out of fun facts about South Africa, but I even this is only the second time I've done I've realized that this is it's uh, it's difficult to find them and actually it's, it's, it's difficult to pronounce some of these words. Yeah, you're setting the bar high. Yeah, I know, but, but okay. I will do three today. What fun facts do you have for us today? Okay, so the first one I've got for everyone out there today is that South Africa has three capitals. Unlike most countries only have one. I'm pretty sure there's no other country in the world that have three capitals. I've never heard about another country. Maybe that'll be fun fact for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Someone please message me. Uh, yeah, if you please know. message me if you have if you know any other country in the world that has three capitals. But the capitals <laughs> in South Africa are Pretoria, Cape Town, and Bloemfontein. So Johannesburg is not one. Exactly. People actually think that yeah. Johannesburg is one, but if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Johannesburg is the si- biggest city though. Yes. And yes. that's why a lot of people think Johannesburg is one of the capitals, but it's actually not. So Pretoria is the administrative capital. Of and the country. Where is Pretoria for those? Pretoria is in Gauteng, so it's actually adjacent to Johannesburg. It's not far. It's like a half an hour to forty-five minute drive. Depending to on Pretoria. where you are yeah. in Johannesburg. And then we have Cape Town, which is the legislative. <laughs> Here comes the difficult words. The legislative. <laughs> Legis- Legis- legislative. Legislative. Okay. What are you googling now? How to pronounce legislative. <laughs> Legislative. Yeah, legislative. legislative. I think that's, that's what it is. Legislative. Here we go. I'm so going to include this in the episode. Okay. Legislative. Legislative. <laughs> wait, 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 one more time. One more time. Legislative. Legislative. Okay, legislative. Le- okay, I'm going to try that again. Cape Town is the legislative capital of the country. And Bloemfontein is the justicial capital capital of the country that's so cool so we and have three major capitals just have to say where is Bloemfontein Bloemfontein okay well everyone knows where Cape Town is Cape Sorry, Town is the far south I was too busy trying to pronounce the word <laughs> legislative um, Cape Town is the far far south yeah I think so everyone knows Cape of Good Hope Cape Point and for those of you who've traveled to South Africa or are keen on traveling to South Africa it's probably one of the top destinations for you while traveling to South 100%. Africa 100% and Table Mountain yeah that 100% um Bloemfontein is about three hours from Johannesburg, 
and is in what we call the Free State Province, which is almost like if you're looking at a map, it's kind of central. Yeah, it is quite central, okay. um, like in the of middle the of the country. Yeah, kind of in the middle of the country. Um, but yeah, those are the three capitals. That's so cool. Then our next fun fact about South Africa is Drummel. Drummel. we have the highest bridge bungee jump in the world in Blokrans in the Western Cape. Where I have been, by the way. You have been there. I did not jump, though, because I am a bit of a, what do you call it in English? Sissy? <laughs> can I say that? You can. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I did not jump when we were there, but friends of mine did. Uh, very cool. But I could enjoy it through their eyes. Yeah. I, I was very happy having a Savannah watching them jump rather than jumping myself. <laughs> and lastly, our last fact for this episode of Wilder's Kruger Stories is South Africa has 12 official languages. Now, South Africans out there will be like, no, Craig, it's 11. It's not. Sign language has just been signed off as our 12th official language in the Republic of South Africa. Which is so cool. I think that is such an inclusive thing to do. You Absolutely. Know? South Africa is really like, okay, you know what? We can't pick one official language because we have so many different cultures and so many people that speak different languages. So let's make them all. It's not all of them, though. No, the there's biggest so ones. many. There's even more languages spoken in the country yeah. than just those 12. Absolutely. But Could you yeah. name a few of them just for people who are interested? That's a really good question. The 12 official languages of South Africa are Sipedi, Sisutu, Sitswana, Isiswati, Chivenda, Itsonga, Afrikaans, English, Isindabele, Isikosa, or it's actually pronounced Kosa. I don't even know if I'm doing the clicking, clicking right. I apologize if I'm insulting anyone. And Isizulu. That's and so then cool. like sign language. That's really, really cool. And am I right by saying that it kind of depends on which area you live in South Africa? Like different areas will have more of one specific language. I think what we should actually do is actually do a podcast episode on the history of South Africa and how languages diversed, um, how all the languages became so diverse in, in South Africa, because I, it really is interesting. It's probably one of the interest, most interesting discussions you can have, because obviously so many people have come and settled in South Africa, whether they came from North Africa or Central Africa, um, or they were the Corsa people from, or Corsa people from, the, that were the original sand people that were originally from South Africa, to um, the colonialists that were the Dutch and the English and the Zulus that fought so hard for the land. I mean, it really is. It's a discussion that could go on for hours about it. And I think we must maybe do an episode about it. And um, uh, I think it would be quite fun. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Uh, message us as well if you guys have any questions about like the history of South Africa and we will make sure we do an episode on that. Yeah, if you guys are keen on it and you're keen on us um, uh, talking about the history of South Africa. Um, It'll be more Craig talking than I because I don't know much. Well, you'll probably ask a couple questions. I'll be, I'll, I'll be the interviewer. Well, yeah, big, a big thing about, <laughs> um, about studying to be a field guide, uh, depending on the levels you grow, not in your base your apprentice field guide when you your basically startup qualification you don't learn too much about it but as you grow in qualifications as a guide you do have to learn uh, the history of south africa and, and what how the the sequence of events so if you're keen on me chatting about it in a future episode please uh, give me a shout that sounds awesome let's uh, let's plan for that mm. but for today's episode yeah. we have something else planned we do indeed. which i'm quite excited about because i think we've been talking about doing this for a while but we've just <laughs> never 
done it because I think we were like, no, that's a good episode. Let's save that for later. But the day is here. The day is here. And yeah. we are going to do an episode of funny... Lodge stories. Am I right? Did I steal your thunder there? No, no, that's fine. You just finished my sentence. Sorry. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> We're engaged now. We finish each other's sentences. Um, yeah, so funny lodge stories. Because yeah, uh, we spent a lot of the year, a lot of years in the lodge industry. Myself, I spent four years in the lodge mm. industry. You spent about ten years yeah. in the lodge industry. Yeah. Can you kick there. off with a story, Craig? Should we do okay, every second? I'm just going through my list. Just yeah, we'll do one at a time, and we're not going to try outdo each other. No, no, because they're all equally funny. You're right. You're right. They so are. the way I'm going to do my uh, my stories is I'm going to title them. Okay. I think I think it'll be funny. That does funny. That fun. sounds great. Sounds great. My first title is Matt. Your bag's vibrating. <laughs> so this story is now. This is very guest related. Uh, this goes back a couple of years ago, and we used to we we got a big group check in from uh, from the states, and uh, a colleague of mine, actually my head guard at the time. Um, Just explain like how does it work when you get, especially a big group of people, like how does it work with all the bags? Yeah, okay, so you have to come down and do luggage pull. So guests arrive, they arrive. There's like I can't remember how many were in the group, but let's say twenty. Um, they each have their own bags. A lot of bags, a lot of luggage to get to room. So the guides and your and trackers come down. You come down as a team and you help move luggage to the rooms as, along with assisting the front of house um, or hosts at the lodge with showing guests to their rooms and doing room introduction. Remember, take into consideration it's a five-star lodge, so stuff like that needs to happen. It's not like your standard hotel. No, you usually when you arrive to a lodge, especially a five-star lodge, uh, it's not like you just get your key and then you need to find your room yourself. Exactly. Someone will show you around and show you your room It's yourself. personalized. And it's also kind of like... You want uh, you want this like kind of magic feel happen where yep. like you arrive to a room and your bag is there and you're like oh it magically appeared yeah. but no someone actually carried it in the 35 degree heat and to some your room. of those bags are fucking heavy. <laughs> um, but so back to Matt, your bag is vibrating. Yes, we get this group that arrives and we start taking the bags and we're we've gotten so in sync with this. Um, because we used to get quite a few groups uh, come through that specific lodge. We were going, and we had all the stickers on. We knew where all the all the all the bags needed to go, and we were we were going. Me and Matt were going to one specific room, and all we started hearing was this <laughs> constant vibration of zzzz. and Matt looked at me and said. Greg, I hope that's a toothbrush. <laughs> and I was like, oh, mate, it probably is. These people are old. And I was, so we got to the back, we get to the room, and we were about to leave. We're like, no, don't check, don't check, don't check. We didn't check. No. We did not. That is completely, a, you don't go through guest luggage. No, you that's don't enough. So that's, that's what we were tempted. <laughs> we were tempted, but we didn't. Never in my entire life have I ever done done that. So let's just hope um, it wasn't an electric toothbrush. No, we it was not. Oh, you found so out. So anyway. as we turned the bag around, there was this massive bulge <laughs> coming out of the the side of this. Not not tearing out of it, but you know, bulging. You could the see. Side. You could see the shape, and it was rotating. <laughs> so yes, yes, um, that happened. Um, but yeah, that's that's that was just my start off. Sorry if I started off a bit deep, but yeah, that that did happen. 
That is funny though. Like, yeah. I think was something that pe- like guests don't realize is that you know people do handle your luggage. Maybe like just hide it a little bit better so that I it's mean... not like right at the top <laughs> bulging Shame. out. Like, to be honest, in 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 the in, in people's defense that travel. I mean, like stuff like in the it's not its fault. I mean, it rolls around in a trailer. I mean, you're going into a reserve, you're going over bumps, and suddenly you just hit the on button. Yeah, I guess, but also I don't know. Like, I think because this moves me into like just kind of giving people a warning if you're going to lodges and hotels, I guess, but yeah. specifically lodges because that's what we worked with. Because sometimes I feel like people don't really realize that. Yes, you get your room and it's very much private, but when you are on game drive, you obviously know that like the housekeepers will come and clean your room. Like yep. that's standard practice. You the housekeepers will come and make your bed, clean your room. And sometimes I think people leave out things that I am sure they maybe wouldn't want anyone to see. The thing is also it isn't always just your housekeepers. It is also like me as a front of house. I needed to go and check things in the rooms. Sometimes there's maintenance that needs to be done while you're gone. So like a maintenance man will go in there. Like this is usually communicated, but I think people forget. So just like a warning that, you know, just keep in mind what you leave out because we see some funny things. Just open the, just, just open your bedside table. Just just, leave it in the bedside table. No one goes in there. No, no, nobody's going to do that. Just, 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 yeah, just, just. FYI, you know, just, <laughs> just <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on, moving on. Okay, my turn to f- tell a funny yeah, story. Yeah, you tell one now. So this is quite a funny story that always just makes me laugh because we get at the lodges, you know, you get a very variety of, of ages yeah. uh, coming through. Uh, I was personally in charge of the kids club at one of the lodges we worked at, so I was definitely ho- like taking care of the kids a lot but we also get a lot of older people coming through which is wonderful because obviously people have retired and now they actually have time to travel Uh, so you know we would get these big groups of uh, often americans but we also had at the specific lodge a big group of of italians coming through Uh, and it's all different type of people but uh, the specifically this group that we used to get like once a week, I think. They were like a recurring thing, uh, yeah. depending on the season. They were often quite old, uh, which was very sweet, lovely people. But it it turned into some funny, funny situations sometimes because I think, you know, when you get older and your memory doesn't, isn't that sh- as sharp anymore and, you know, <laughs> funny things happen. So we had this one lady uh, who was honestly super sweet, but it was the funniest situation yeah, because she was traveling with this big group of people and I think she was she was getting quite old and yeah, memory wasn't 100% there. And she gets to the lodge and me and, and our manager, we're checking them in and we do this whole uh, briefing and then you also chit-chat with the guests and you like, oh, what are you looking forward to see? And you know, all those kind of things. And I'm standing like next to my manager and I hear this conversation that she's having with this lady and she's like, oh, so what are you keen to see? And like, what are you most excited to see out on Game Drive? And mostly people will usually be like, oh, I would love to see an elephant. Or, oh, I'd love to see a leopard. Or, you know, those kind of things. But this lady goes, baby bears. I want to see baby bears. <laughs> and my manager yeah. is like, ooh, wrong continent. <laughs> yeah. We don't have bears in Africa. <laughs> and then she was like, what, what did she say after that? Yeah, but she was like, 
oh, okay. And we were kind of being like, you know, that's that's America. Like, you know, where you, you come you from. came <laughs> from the country where there are baby bears. Where there are baby bears. Maybe try back home. You'll have better luck. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, but but any any babies at all? Like, bear in mind, wasn't it? It was like midwinter. Midwinter. It was midwinter. So not baby season, which, to be fair, she can't have known. No, Like, of that's course, 100%, absolutely. you know. Absolutely. But we felt a little bit, you know, because being in the lodge industry, you want to please people and you want to make sure they see the things that they're excited to see. And we were like, oh, yeah. Maybe there will be some baby elephants because they are born, you know, year round and they're not really seasonal. And same thing with like, yeah, there's some zebra babies around every now and then. And who knows if there's, maybe there's a lion that has that has cubs, you know, we never know. Uh, so we're trying to, you know, uh, accommodate for this. But at the same time, it's the bush. You never know what you'll see. Anyway, uh, she was like, okay, great, great. Yeah, was happy. and so Very excited. Very excited. She then goes on game drive later that afternoon, and that evening, myself and my manager were hosting. Uh, so we, uh, you know, welcome the guests back from game drive. You get a little towel uh, to freshen up after all the dust out on game drive, and it's you know all that. And again, you like chit chatting with the guests when they come back, and you ask them, "What did you guys see on game drive? How was it?" And you know, uh, make sure that everything's all right, and if they need help with anything, you know, you're there. So that's what we do. And again, I'm overhearing this conversation with uh, this lady who my manager asks her, like, who was, how was Game Drive? Did you guys see any babies? And she's like, babies? And she had no idea what we were talking about. She, she was like, no, no, we didn't see any babies. And no, <clears throat> we saw nothing. We saw nothing. And she was like, you, you didn't see anything. Ah, mosquitoes. We saw mosquitoes. <laughs> so that's what she says they've seen on the whole three-hour Game Drive. She's like, we saw mosquitoes. And that was it. And again, this is midwinter, so there is no mosquitoes. They're not around midwinter. Yeah. So we were quite su- surprised. We were like, oh, okay, you know, didn't, didn't you see anything? Later, we found out from from the uh, the ranger that, that was driving her and that, that uh, was guiding her that they had seen rhino, they had seen lion and elephant. You know, they had had a great game drive. And she's like, no, we saw mosquitoes, uh, <laughs> which was just a bit funny. But she, then she also, like, pulls my manager to the side and says to her, you know, I, I do want to talk to you because uh, I want to just, I don't want to get the guides into trouble, but I do want to tell you because you're the manager, right? So you need, to, I feel like you need to know. And my manager is like, oh, yeah, what, what was wrong? Um, you know, please tell me. Um, absolutely, I'll help with anything. Like, what's the problem? And she says, no, we got lost. We got lost out there. The GPS broke down. Now, for those of you who don't understand that, that like have never been to Africa and don't don't understand the safari industry, there are no GPSs. Not not at all. Um, the GPS is in the ranger's head. Yeah, we learn those roads back to front, and if we are new or either you or your tracker know exactly where you are, you'll never really go to a lodge and have a new team that doesn't actually know where they are. So they you, are the GPS. You and won't get lost. I, I mean, I, I remember this story. I know this story and I know the guide and I know the tracker and they had both, well, the tracker had been there for like 20 years. So he knew so the reserve. So he knew the reserve like the back of his hand and there was no way. And the ranger had also worked there for like five years. Yeah, you exactly. know, they were both very, very capable and 100% knew where they were. But this lady was like, no, the GPS broke down. We got lost. Um, so I think 
it was just she was very sweet and she was just very happy like in general but i think she was a happy person i think I she was a little bit confused about what was going on um but 100%. It, it was just a very funny story yeah you saw mosquitoes uh, mosquitoes <laughs> i don't think i've ever yeah. heard that before this one is a uh, is also very much very much guest related or well, most of my stories are guest related because guests are funny let's be honest you have to be you got to have a sense of humor uh, when you are working in the lodge industry and you know it's not like haha you're an idiot funny it's it's just it's it it's just humor it's and funny situations how, occur yeah exactly i mean you you live and work in this in this kind of community in the middle of the of the national parks i mean you you it, it's you see so many people on a daily basis so mm. stuff is just just actually downright you have to have a good sense of humor and you find the humor in everything yeah this specific story, I was quite young. Uh, it must have been eight years ago. And I was at a specific lodge in the Sabi Sands um, uh, where the prem, premier suites had their, had pools. Like a private pool. Like a private pool. And um, <laughs> we, I did the check-in with the guests. So you come down, you do an orientation with the guests. You say, oh, guys, this is where we are. This is what time we're going to go on game drive. We always came down to greet your guests. And then you showed them to the room with the front of house, and then you said goodbye. I went on my way out, did this whole process. Lovely, lovely couple. And as I'm on my way home, I get a phone call from the front desk saying, Craig, um, the, the, the guests say there's something on their porch. So I just fine. I'm like, okay. Um, no, it, it, it's probably just the monkey. I was like, has anyone gone to check it out? I said, Craig, this is your job. Go check it out. So I'm like, put me through to them. And they're like, Craig, no, there's a cat lying on our porch. I was like, no, no they've never been on safari before. There's no way there's a cat on our porch. Um, and I said, okay, it's definitely, without a doubt, probably a monkey. Because I saw the monkeys as we were checking in. And mm. I was like, nah, hey, it's definitely a monkey. And the, the monkeys weren't alarm calling because that's what they would do for cats if they saw a cat. Mm. I was just in the room. Yeah. And um, so I put the phone down. I said, okay, cool, no worries. Um, we'll. And also, like, to be fair, you know, guests mistake monkeys for, like, cats all the all time. All the time, like, the way they walk. And yeah, they got these yeah. long tails. And it's. The, like, out on game drive and stuff. And you, yeah. first time on Safari, you're like, that's not a cat, it's a monkey. No. Like, so, you know. to be honest, in these guest defense, I should have gone and checked. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I get another phone call. I say, Craig, this thing's not moving. So I was like, do you want to go on your porch? They were like, yeah. I was like, Craig, this is a little bit big for a monkey. And I was like, okay, maybe it's a baboon in the mix. Okay. I said, okay, I'm coming. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm late in my cycle. Uh, my cycle. My cycle <laughs> as in my work cycle. So I've, I probably work four or five weeks. You know, you work very hard in the lodge industry. Um, and you work long hours. So now I'm, I'm, I'm marching over there. But I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm angry because they're really nice people. But I'm a bit flustered. Let's call. Let's say that. I get a knock on the door. I say, hello, hello, everyone. And they're like, oh, Craig, just come have a look here. And I open the curtains. There's a fucking leopard on their porch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's not a monkey. That's not a monkey. That's a leopard. All right, sorry, guys. That's my bad. And now, to be honest... Um, but also so cool. So cool. So, so cool. And I was like, okay, guys, so don't go out on your porch. But now, you think about it, and a lot of people think about, what if they did go on that porch and they believed Craig was a monkey? So, like, it was, it was a female leopard. So she probably would have just moved away she was standing she was lying on the edge of the porch next to the pool she probably would have just jumped down with the commotion of the the doors 
Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was quite funny. Um, never made that mistake again in my life, in my career. I feel like you should have asked the obvious question, like does, does it, it have, have spots? spots? Yeah, I should've. <laughs> but again, young, twenty-one. Yeah, like what does it look yeah. like? Is it yellow? Does it have spots? Exactly. Like, you know, uh, twenty-one years old, and um, yeah, just shows you. Learn from every experience. That's funny though. It is. But it does happen, like, you know, because people ask that, because that's something you always say in your briefing as, as a front of house when you check people in, is you let them know that, you know, this is a, we are in the middle of the wild, animals can come through the lodge. Yeah. They don't often do because it is an area where, like, humans are around and it smells like humans, so it doesn't happen often. But they can come through the lodge. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those things um, that people just need to be aware of. It actually happened to me the one time um, where I was walking at one of the lodges we worked at. We had a female leopard that we knew hung around the lodge quite a lot. And she, you know, we would see tracks of her mostly and just know that, okay, she is kind of around. We would see her in the river that run in front, in front of the lodge every now and then. So we kind of knew she was around, you know. We'd see her every now and then, but never that much in the lodge. So she was u- she was usually around at night time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because it's also, you know, not a fully fenced-in lodge, uh, the policy was also very rightfully so, that at night, as soon as it gets dark, you need someone to escort you to and from your room because that's when, you know, things like leopards will get active and that's when you also won't see as far and all of those kind of things. It's just... Matter of safety. And guests often actually fight this, especially South Africans yeah. who have been on safari yeah. before. And they're like, I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. Generally not. Not even just South Africans. Like, I think if someone's been on one or two safaris, no matter where they're from, it, they're, they're literally there always. Yeah. They're like, no, no, we're fine. We're fine. But just keep in mind that there is a very good reason that this happens. And people will also ask you, like, okay, but what would you do? Like, you just have a flashlight. What? How are you going to save us? And it's not a matter of like, okay, I'm going to fight off a lion. Like, that's not the point. The, ma- the point is, one, I've got a flashlight where I can see much further than, than you can with your iPhone light. Two, I also have the knowledge and the experience of how to handle encounters with animals. And I know not to run. Do you and, remember, sorry to cut you off, yeah. do you remember the one... The one night porter, now night porter, someone that walks you to your room at night, and the one guest asked him, like, what are you going to do if a leopard comes? He's like, I'm going to shine at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. And that was a bad answer. I'm like, that's I not know. what you're supposed to do. But that's funny. Because the Go thing on. is, like, you know, because especially, you know, I would get it as a, as a young girl uh, being like, telling, you know, an older macho man that no you need you need my me to escort you to your room and he's like what are you gonna do and i'm like yeah. well i'm actually a qualified guide so i know what to do and that's kind of the reason because if you were as a as a guest would um you know bump into something dangerous you most likely if you don't you know would probably start running which For is sure. or panic and that's the last thing well you that's need the, to do. that's the human instinct isn't it i mean it is what that is what humans do. They run. Exactly. Uh, when you don't know what to do and you fear, you run. And that's why you need a person who has the experience who can also kind of be in charge and be like, this is what we are doing right now. Stay behind me. Do this. Yeah. You know, keep keep the calm and, and handle the situation. That's why we escort you to your room. Yeah. Anyway, so this particular evening, uh, the game drive had gone out and I was at the lodge and I think we had like a late check-in of these this couple that came 
you know to to the uh, lodge quite late so they were like you know what we don't feel like going on game drive and uh, we're just gonna stay in uh, tonight and just chill in our room and kind of relax after traveling so much so the game drive went out and i was uh, at the lodge and the guest went to their room uh, before it was dark they went to their room to like shower and stuff and i told them just radio me when you know because they have a little radio in their room just radio me radio me when you want to come down for dinner and i'll come and fetch you because you just need to be escorted so I get, like, I think it was like at seven o'clock or something, I get a radio call from them and they want to come come back to the lodge. And this was winterish times, end of winter, I think. So it was dark at seven. Um, you know, so I grab the, the flashlight and, you know, I start walking to their room. And it's not far from, like, the main nah. area of the lodge. But I come around this corner and I'm just like shining by instinct because this is what I'm supposed to do, be shining around me to make sure there's nothing there. And I just shine around the corner to my left and I see something in my flashlight, but I don't like register that something is there. And I think in my head, I was just thinking, oh, it's the bushback. Like, because the bushback was often yeah, there, there and was often on that spot. So I was just like, oh, it's a bushback. And then I like turned around again and then I realized, wait, that was not a bushback. And I like go back with my flashlight and there's a female leopard. She's about. I would say 30 meters away from me? No. Not even. 20? Yeah, closer to 20, even 15. Yeah, because you know you know meters. the area yeah, where yeah, this was. Yeah, yeah. Um, 20, 15 meters away from me. <laughs> and she's just sitting there and she's like looking at me. And I'm like... What's up, bro? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a leopard. So I back up because that's what I've been taught, that you just slowly back up. And then I realize, wait... <laughs> Now I can't see her because she's around the corner. <laughs> so I'm like, what if she then starts moving towards me and then she comes around the corner and she's like a meter away from me? I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> like, I need to keep my eye on her. So I walk forward again and I shine on her and she's just sitting there like looking at me, like not showing any type of aggression. She's not like, you know, and a leopard wouldn't just all of a sudden start hunting me or something, no, no, you know. Really. Yeah, that's that's not really how it works. But she was just sitting there looking at me and she was like, okay. And then, so I watched her and I was like, well, I better just look at you and make sure I see what you do and where you go. Yeah. Like, you know. So I just watched her for like maybe two minutes. And then eventually she got tired of looking at me and she just turned around and walked the other way. Uh, or not really the other way, like kind of diagonally away from me. So I watched her and I was like okay that was a leopard and also this whole time i was thinking i was about like 15 meters away from the guest's rooms yeah and i was like no i want to show them this leopard like shame this leopard is in the lodge but I obviously couldn't like keep walking forward because then i would lose my like um yeah you my don't... escape route and also you don't want to turn your back on the animal exactly uh, especially an animal as dangerous as a leopard yeah so i think yeah like at the point of the story you know, just listen to the people at the lodges. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, if they if they would have walked without a torch or just walked by themselves, they would have seen her. And I don't know how that would have ended up if they would have ended up in a tricky you, situation. You never really know. But it's, it, most likely wouldn't. Yes, but, but there's that chance. There's that slight um, chance. And you just never know. But it was quite quite thrilling. Thrilling. But I also felt very bad when I fetched the guests. And I was like, there was literally a leopard here. I spent 10 right minutes now. with a leopard. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah. And it's late, and you guys were in your room and had no idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's again just going back to the point that it's it's an amazing story. But like, yeah, those of you that are gonna go to lodges and gonna go um, on safari, 
hey, listen to the lodge staff. Yeah. Don't think you know better. The um, rules are there for a reason. They are. They're there for a reason. To protect you. It's not like one of these sports games where it's, ah, the rules are meant to be broken. Like, guys, really, it is important to follow these rules. They might save your life. Sorry to get deep there. Let's go back but to But it is true. It is true. <laughs> you know, th- same things with, you know, people... Yeah, the whole thing of like you shouldn't stand on the vehicle. Yeah, it's there for a reason. I think we've spoken about that in previous um, podcasts and stuff. And you know, if you stand on the vehicle and your guide starts driving, you might fall off, and that will hurt. (laughs) Yeah. So actually, on the topic of listen to your guide, or lodge staff, or staff member, or whatever the case may be, someone that has authority at this establishment that you are visiting. Um. couple of years ago we were you you were working at the property at the time weren't yeah you? we were together and um big italian group they were doing site inspection so they had multiple agents that were coming to look at the property and they were staying at this property and they were only staying they're staying one or two nights i can't remember, I can't remember. but it doesn't matter big group it was about 20 ladies 20 ladies and um they were excited and young and just so keen to get out on game drive and take photos take fucking <laughs> photos like don't, don't get me wrong like i'm I, like I, I'm a photographer but i'm a very amateur photographer caroline's professional photographer but these were not photos these were the selfies yeah take selfies loved a selfie yeah and it, this was a stage in in life where society was very much about the jumping photo oh yeah uh-huh we i remember get to, the trend yeah the jumping photo capture the jump. Fuck. Um, but now they started. They got off. We had our drinks break. And everyone was excited. We'd seen... Oh, I can't remember. We'd seen quite a bit on our game drive. Off we get. Have Everyone's having gin and tonics. We're out and about. And you know what? As a guide, sometimes you feel like a mother or a father figure in, in some way. Guys, don't go over there. Don't do that. Yes, generally they're fine. You can pee behind this bush. So I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. Let me check it out first. You're very, you're trying to control everything. We got twenty Italian women that are all trying to get the same photo and mm. trying to do the same thing. It's frustrating. Yeah. Not not that I'm taking a dig at Italians, just anyone. Not that I'm taking a dig at women, just any person. When you got a group of twenty people that are trying to compete with each other, it's just it's a nightmare. And people become children. I know it is. Yeah. It's a hundred percent kids. Yeah. So I'm pouring my gin and tonic, and um, there is. Something going you, on in my bed. For guests. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I wish. Um, so I'm pouring gin and tonics for guests, and I see what's happening. And one of the other guides says, Craig, these guests are jumping off your vehicle. So they started doing the jumps on land, on mm. the ground, just in front of a tree. They were like, let's get, let's get more excited. <laughs> so they were like, let me jump off the vehicle. So I didn't see this. One of, one of my, my guides says to me, says, Craig, I think we need to stop that. Go talk to them. So I was like, sure, no worries. Let's go chat. So I said, guys, this is going to end badly. And I said, we, you, you, someone's going to get hurt. And they were like, no, 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 it's fine. I was like, guys, please, if you get hurt, we go back to the lodge. So the, the, the one girl responded to me and said, okay, okay, Craig, no, we stop. Just one more. So I said, okay, no problem. Um, but had to say to her, like, I've warned you guys. I've warned you. This is not a good idea. Off we go. Boom. She falls over. Ankle broken. <laughs> Lovely. 
great way. Great safari experience. Fantastic. <laughs> Crying, wailing. Ooh. Okay, here we go. I radio the lodge. Now, obviously, my communication <laughs> method was I've guest has got a broken ankle, broken ankle. Please get Afri... Uh, what was it? Afri... Um, Africa Safety. Africa Safety, which was the company we used. They were super responsive. Great they company. Were the they, they were our like emergency unit. Yeah. First response first unit. Response. And they were amazing. Absolutely awesome company. And I remember, because I was on night audit together, I was being trained to do night audit. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't like in charge of the whole radio communication, which I which is great. And I'm, I'm happy I wasn't in charge of that. Because what happened was, and I remember the radio call, and we thought you said broken neck. Ow. It sounded like it. We really thought it was a broken neck. And we were like, oh my word, what happened? This person has broken their neck. Like, this is so serious. And yeah, the whole the whole thing kind of spiraled from a broken ankle becoming a broken neck. Broken yeah. neck. I apologize about that. <laughs> no. Caused a bit of panic for 45 minutes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, again, going back to, you know, just listen to the people at the lodges. Listen to your guide. Listen, it doesn't, you, yes, you're on holiday. You're here to have a good time. But, you know, be safe. Yeah, I remember, like, another story that we actually have told before. So I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it just has to do with this. Is, um... There was also another time when guests just didn't listen and and a guest actually got pierced by a Nyala. Yeah. Because we told him, don't walk close to this Nyala. He is trying to mate with these females. Testosterone levels are high. And he's going to get aggressive. And Nyala is a cute little antelope that you don't think is going to hurt you, but they've got very sharp horns. And they're strong. Yeah. (laughs) So shame. This guy, I think he had to get stitches. He did have to get stitches. Yeah. Um, but again, you want you, you can take a horse to water, but you can't, can't make, make it, it drink. drink. Yeah. So yeah, again, listen, listen to um, your guides, listen to your the lodge staff, listen to the management. Yeah. Rules are there for a reason. Hundred percent. Okay, so to move away from like listen to your lodge staff, because I think yeah. we've we've iterated that. We've, so we're sounding like teachers. Yeah. We're sounding like. But that's what you become sometimes. Yeah, you can become a parent. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But. A crazy story that happened with a bit of miscommunication and a guest that maybe jumped to conclusions a bit quickly. <laughs> like, this was again, I feel like I'm going, getting back to the big groups with old people. Uh, because we used to get these big groups, and um, we've spoken about it before, where it felt like they all had the same names. Oh my and word. they all looked the same because they're literally a group of like 40 people. And they're also all like 80, 85, 90. Yeah. Like they're at that, they're at that point. Um, and it, yeah, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I think it was, was it a thing in like the, the twenties or well, no, okay, maybe not the twenties, <laughs> the forties or the fifties where people were just like, everyone named their daughter Karen. <laughs> Cause there used to be so many Karens and Bob, Karen, Bob, Bill, Bill, Bill. Um, and you know what, they obviously like, I'm, I'm, this is not slandering. It was just, it was, it was always, always, there was so many, there was always a Bob, there was always a Bill, there was always a Karen. And the the thing is also when you, when you check in a group of like 40 people, uh, so like how it would go is that I would, I I would often do the the big group (laughs) check-ins because a lot of the other people didn't feel comfortable talking to a lot of like big groups. So I would often handle these big group check-ins, which I didn't mind. 
but what happens is they know your name right away because you are one person that they need to yeah. remember. But they are 40 people and you're literally putting them on, in like a conference room and you're telling them all the rules and regulations of the lodge and what how it works with the schedule and everything. And and they all look the same to you. And then like what, ha- what happens sometimes is like one lady came to me the one time and she was like, oh, can I just... Yeah, I was just wondering about this and this. I can't remember what it was. Maybe like it was like a charge or she needed or whatever it might be, but just needed help with something. And I was like, cool, let me go and look at reception and I'll get back to you. I'll find you at lunch. <laughs> that was my mistake. <laughs> because I can't remember what her name was. And they all looked the same to me. They also dressed the same. The and they liked the safari art video. Yes, exactly. Kinda. And then you like, I go to the reception, I double check this thing. I can't remember what it was. And then I walk back to lunch and I realize I have no clue who this lady is. I have completely forgotten <laughs> her face. Like completely. And here's this group of 40 people, maybe half of them women. So that narrows it down. And I just kind of walk around. It's when you just stand at the buffet with the charger, <laughs> yeah. just holding it, hoping Waiting. she sees me. I literally like walked around the table and like hoping she's going to like <laughs> wave at me, which she did luckily. And she was thank like, oh, goodness. thank you. And I was like, oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, but that no, was the kind of groups that you would get. Exactly. And you know what? Like, honestly, these are all, the, again, I go back to, these are just, these are funny uh, they on these are just funny stories. Because they were nice people. Oh, super nice. Always people. they were such these big groups, especially the Americans. They were always just such nice people, lovely. Yeah. They like because we were quite young um, when we were doing this. They like looked at you as their like grandchild. Oh yeah. And they used to be like, oh, they loved oh, you. You yeah. They just used to love you so much. It was so great. But it was funny though, and also like to be fair, because again, like. Old people do get a bit forgetful, but in their defense, the lodge that we used to have these big groups at was also very much a lodge where, like, every room looked exactly the same. Yeah, it was very, so had, very, very... It was a lodge of 20 rooms, and you would have, like, two, uh, what do you call it, rows of rooms, 10 on each side. Yeah. And then the rooms were, like, grouped together in two. So they were uh, two rooms together, and then you'd have two rooms. So you would have, like, one and two, one and two right next to each other, and then uh, three, three or four five and six, so on. Yeah. Kind of like right next to each other. And they looked very, very similar, all the same. So uh, that's in their defense. But this one day, this guy in one of these groups comes back from Game Drive and he has his camera bag and he walks to his room, number eight, and he drops his bag Do you even off. remember the, yes. the room number? Yes, wow. 100%. Number eight, and he drops his bag off and then he goes to breakfast and eats breakfast. When he dropped his bag off, he told us later, because he came to the reception, there was a, a housekeeper in the room still cleaning the room. She was still busy with the room. And he just said hi to her, and he dropped his bag off on the chair, and then went to breakfast. Then he's done with breakfast, and he goes back to his room, and this camera bag is not on the seat, uh, on the on the chair where he left it. Yeah. So he run. He phones the tour leader first because these big groups had a tour leader who traveled with them and took care of everything. Yeah, uh, and he phoned the tour leader who was first. Yeah, uh, what was her name? Robin. I think. Robin. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, she was cool. Um, she, he phones the tour leader, uh, and tells her that my bag has been stolen. The housekeeper that was here has taken it. He runs to the reception. And he, he is very angry at this point, like. Very angry. Guests could get angry. Like, oh, let me tell you, guests angry. can get angry. And he starts shouting, and he's like, 
the housekeeper, she took my bag, like, she stole it. 100% blame, just she has stolen my camera. Stolen my camera. And like it was her fault. And the thing was, we had a schedule of who was cleaning what room. Uh, because we just had to keep track on, on yeah, just a schedule of the housekeepers, who's responsible for which room, making sure they all get done, all that kind of stuff. So we check on the uh, schedule at the reception and we see, okay, it's, I think it was Cecilia that was cleaning the room. So we phone her and we're like, hey, Cecilia, um, when you were cleaning room number eight, uh, there was a man who came in with, with a bag and he dropped it off uh, on the chair. Do you, do you remember this? He says you were there cleaning. And she says, no, no, uh, not in room number eight, but in room number 10. <laughs> <laughs> he had gone to the wrong room and dropped off the bag. And the he was completely, you know. So he had gone, gone to what? room? He'd gone to room 10, dropped it off, gone to breakfast, then gone back to room eight. Yes. His actual room. Yeah, he <laughs> dro- dropped off in the wrong room. Uh, and uh, sure, sure, you know, we phoned. We phone room 10. And they've got a bag. And we ask them, hey, is there a bag that isn't yours in your room? And they're like, oh, look at that. We didn't notice. Oh, my word. But shame. I felt so sorry for the housekeeper, though, because he was so angry. And he did not apologize. But you see, that's the thing is, and I I did force this once upon, I'm going to tell another story that's not on my list, but also goes with the accusation of theft. And it. It's sad that people just associate Africa with theft. They mm. do. They do. They hear about the crime in South Africa, and it's, there's an immediate socia- association that people are going to steal your stuff. And yes, be vigilant with your stuff in South Africa. Absolutely. We've got an episode on a podcast where we do talk about that. But again, another story. I uh, had a guest. Lovely guest. Mm. Lovely guest. Lo- amazing family. Um, and they get there, got a private vehicle. Off we go on our first game drive. Get back from game drive, comes to dinner. I was waiting to say goodnight to them. He said, Craig, um, my phone was left in the room and it's gone. So, big thing. Mm. Accusation immediately. He doesn't, he didn't get angry. He didn't, he didn't get, he was like, Flustered he didn't get, no, he didn't, he didn't sh- express his anger. No. Like the gentleman in your situation. He basically just said, Craig, I know it was there. It's gone now. It had to have been the housekeeper. He's like, well, who else went in the room? I was like, are you sure it was there? You're 100% sure. So we went to the housekeeper. So like uh, at this at this point, he, was, he wasn't making a huge scene about it, like I said, but he, he was definitely saying, I definitely left it. And I was like, is there no chance you took it on Game Drive and fell out? Can we go look for it on Game Drive? Because that happens. That does happen. All the time. I always tell my guests, keep, if you're sitting on the sides of the vehicle, keep, it, keep your phone in your inside pocket. Again, mm. listen to your guide. Yeah. Um, and... I said, and I said, are you sure? No, Craig, I left it on the table. I didn't take it on Game Drive. And my tracker Moses at the time said to me, he said, Craig, I'm pretty sure I saw him with his phone. I said, Moses, you're 100% sure? Mm. He said, yes, Craig. Mm. I'm almost photos. 100% sure he was taking photos with his phone. So I was like, okay. I was like, are you 100 I go back to the guest and say, yeah, one more time, you're 100% sure? He says, Craig, I'm 100% sure. It must have been one of the housekeepers, but it's fine. It's okay. Don't stress. They were made of money, but not that that's the point. Um... And uh, I go to Moses the next morning and I say to Moses, I say, Moses, we're going to drive the same route. They're not even going to know. No. Because they wouldn't, would they? No. Uh, I mean, they've only done one drive. They're not going to know. So, I mean, this, it's a big maze out there. 
in the bush. Let's drive the same route. So we drove the same route because we had a really good productive drive. So uh, that morning, me and Moses planned this. We kind of said, okay, cool. Because we had got our first radio call was that the Saseka female, who was a female leopard in the area, had an impala kill, fresh kill. Like, she's definitely going to be there that afternoon. Mm. We can wow them this afternoon. Let's go backtrack. First corner we take. What's on in the middle of the road? An iPhone. <laughs> Boom. Moses goes, here's the phone. I, I grabbed the phone and I was like, I went to him and I, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I did anyway. I said, I think you owe the housekeepers an apology. Mm. And he did. He went and he just went and he said, I would just like to call the housekeeping team, mm. uh, which I think, I, I think he called Bridget at the time and said, please apologize to your team for me. Yeah. And then left them a really nice tip, which was great. Yeah. Uh, because he did realize that, that he was in the wrong but, uh, yeah, it was quite funny to kind of go around the first corner and go and have my tracker Moe's just go, there's the phone, so <laughs> proudly. <laughs> uh, That's brilliant. Yeah. Yo, a lot of good stories. A lot. A lot, yeah. It's, it's, these are the kind of things, like, we, we tell guests about, and I think these are the stories that actually made us start the podcast. Absolutely. I think and this is, these are the kind of the stories you talk about. It's, I think it's all about inviting people into... Life the life of us because this is the, these are the stories we talk about at like socials uh, yeah. when you were in when we were permanently in the lodge industry there wasn't you couldn't go to town town wasn't so accessible uh, as accessible as it is to just go grab a beer at the pub so uh, we would often have a lot of socials we would invite guys from other lodges they'd bring some meat and some beers and these are the stories you would tell around the fire so i think this was the whole idea around the podcast was to kind of involve listeners to the life of the industry itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th I remember we, you know, we would also tell guests stories. People would ask you, like, you know, what you must What's get your some crazy story? Yeah, you must get some crazy guests at the lodge and so on. Yeah, and you would like tell them while having a drink at the bar after game drive, and people would love it. And that's why we kind of started the podcast because I was like, these stories need to get out there. Like, they people do. need to hear these stories. Like they're, without they're, un having to they're come unbelievable. Yeah, in, in a sense, they yeah. are. Um, the amount of times people don't believe the stories that I tell them, absolute 100%. Yeah. Only people that have either been in the service industry, been in the lodge industry, yeah. or been in conservation, they they understand. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> but that's why I think we want to want the world to, to hear them, uh, to understand yeah. what it can be like. So if you guys want a part two, yeah, cause honestly, give we, us a shout. We have actually written down more more stories. But I think we're running out of time. Yeah, and we literally just came through like went through like half of half them. Half of them. Um, so definitely, you know, let us know if you want a part two. Uh, we'll be happy to do it. Can we finish with one story? I've got a really cool story. Okay, okay. Last, just one, one last, more story. Last, like, okay, but this needs to be. It great. needs to be a banger. Yeah, yeah. This is needs like you're finishing banger. off this podcast. Right. You know. Okay, so this is. <laughs> It's going to be a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to try to get through as quick as I can. Uh, working at a lodge, again, old people. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if there, if there are elderly folk listening to podcasts, I do apologize. But again, there was an older gentleman. Some of came our best guests have also been older people, it, just saying. And our, we are still friends with them yeah, to the day. like a lot you know? of guests that we are uh, still friends with. We, we're, like a, we're like their grandchildren. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Actually, actually, I'll get to the story now, but you know how many times when I was younger and they were like, oh, these grandmothers would be like, you need to meet my granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. She's so fantastic. You'd be great together. Talking about that, I actually <laughs> need to mention those who know me and Craig and like, I remember my friends used to say it. I don't know if it's just on photos and stuff as well. They would be like, you guys look very much alike. Oh, uh, yeah. <gasps> and we sometimes would... 
we sometimes would get uh, like especially at this one lodge we worked at we would get people all the time asking Craig like oh does your sister work at the reception nah that's my girlfriend yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that did happen that happened quite a few times actually it was very very sad I wonder if we, it was because we were like the only like blonde people at the lodge possibly possibly yeah. anyway um, but yeah going back to the story um, good old Jim never forget him great guy um, and was with a group, but they were with a smaller group of Americans. I think it was six people. And he, shame, Jim had, was really old, had hearing aids and struggled to hear even with his hearing aids. <laughs> and, uh, off we went, but a great guy, super into to, to being on safari, a really, really nice guy, but like health was, was deteriorating and moving around i used to have to assist him and help him uh, he was a great guy though but this the last night of their stay we are having a great time me and the guests and the guests were really accommodating to him they were great with him and uh, i escort them all to their room off we go done next morning we pick up the phones we start phoning for our morning wake-ups it's the last game driver my guests and um Five of my six guests are down for drinks, but good old Jim is missing. So now it's, I, I, he had always been, I remembered, he always what used to come five minutes before, and that was it. But then it went on until six. We were leaving at six. And one of the other guests said, Craig, just go, just go check on Jim. I just want to make sure he's okay. Did you try to phone him first? Um, I tried to phone him again. Yeah. And um, after the guest had said, just go check on him. So I tried to phone him again. Mm. No answer. So I'm like, okay. So I go knock on the door. No answer. So now I'm like, what's going on? So I look into the, I go around and look into maybe the bathroom. Maybe he's brushing his teeth, just trying to make sure like no one's gonna, he's not gonna see me and he's gonna be naked or something. I just want to make sure the guy's okay. Knocking on the door, still no answer. Not in the bathroom. Lights are off. Curtains are closed. So. I've managed to peep in the window that's right next to the door that looks onto the bed. And here he is, spread, half on the bed, half off the bed. So now I'm stressing. Just lying so, there? Just lying there. Naked? Or? No, in, he was closed. Same clothes as last night, but I couldn't. I could just see clothes. At that time, I could only see clothes. Yeah. So I run off. And I get my assistant head guide who was just... in. in I was in luck because he was leaving half an hour later. And he comes down. He's just woken his gear stuff, so they were still getting ready. I was like, I was like, dude, like Louis, we need to, we need to check this out. Like, I don't think I, 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 I think Jim's dead. Oh and God. so, pretty stressful, pretty stressful. I'm running up and down, and um, we get there, and Louis now starts banging on the door to make sure he's not, nothing. I'm like, Louis, like, like we start calling the hospital, call the morgue. It's done. Oh my word. So he's like, no, 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 no. We need to try to get in here. Um, he calls housekeeping, but housekeeping had the keys at the top. Um, so that was going to take time. We managed to get the window unhinged. But Louis was a little bit rounder. <laughs> so he couldn't fit through the window. So I had to fit through the window. So I got through the window. And I look at him and he is in the exact same clothes as he was last night. Half on the bed, half off the bed. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, it's done. It's done. I open and I open the door to Louis and he's like, did you check the pulse? I was like, no, sorry. Um, and he's like, okay, check the pulse. I check the pulse. And as I go down to check the pulse, he just goes, 
And I was like, he's like, what are you doing in my room? I was like, dude, we thought you were dead. Like, I want to hug you right now. And he's like, why? I need I need to get ready. Why, why, why are you in my room? He was in so panic. He was such a deep sleep that uh, he, I, I, I back the guy. Like, shame. I'd also be panicked. There's two rangers just standing randomly in your room. The door's closed. Um, and there's two guys here. You guys think you're getting robbed or something. And the poor guy, I found out later. So I left him. I was like, oh, no, we're supposed to leave for game drive. All panicked. I was like, at that stage, I was, I was, uh, I was still quite a, quite a smoker. And um, I lit a cigarette outside his room. Never did that before in the lodge. And just was like, no, nah, I'm going to have a smoke with you, Louis. I'm just so stressed. And uh, eventually he comes down. And he comes down to the lodge. He get, did get ready quite quickly. But he, he, said, to, he said to me, he said to me, Craig, sorry. So, I'm so sorry about that. I took my hearing aids out last night. <laughs> give them a clean. And I didn't put them back in. It's like, ah, right, thanks, Jim, for giving me a heart attack. That's a great. That's exactly how I want to start my morning. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that uh, that was probably. I think that's probably one of my top top stories uh, of being in the lodge industry. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's something that I will never forget in the rest of my life. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. But anyway, guys, I think Thank that's you all for we listening. have time for. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh Episode with some, some yeah. funny stories from our time in the lodge industry. Absolutely. And I think if you guys do want a part two, please let us know. If you're happy with just a part one, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, but if you are keen on a, on a on a second edition to this one. Also, random note, because people have been telling us about the sound quality. I am hearing you guys. I'm very sorry. I hope the sound quality is a little bit better today because we're sitting very close to the mic. Yeah. Uh, but also, I have ordered new microphones that is going to make the sound better. So just hang in there. And I have heard your feedback. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, guys. Cool. Enjoy. We'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Bye. Oh, my God.